Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to a special edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. I'm joined by Paul Hoynes in the studio today. Uh, special to get Paul into the, into the studio. And uh, even more special is our guest uh, today, uh, the only player in Major League Baseball history with 50 home runs and 50 doubles in a season. He's one of six players in Major League history with nine straight 100 RBI seasons, a five-time All-Star, uh, five-time Silver Slugger, led the American League in home runs in 1995, and, and RBIs three other times. Paul, you know I'm, I'm talking about none other than Albert Bell. Albert, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. Good to hear from you. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, well, Paul, this is uh, this is actually a, a big week for Albert. The uh, the 2019 uh, committee for the today's game uh, for the Baseball Hall of Fame is, has met and they continue to meet and uh, their ballot is going to be announced on Sunday at the beginning of the winter meetings. And uh, Albert is one of ten finalists uh, along with uh, guys like Oral Hershiser, Will Clark, Joe Carter, uh, Charlie Manuel. Uh, so, uh, Albert, uh, what's it feel like to be a finalist among, uh, you know, some of these great names as well, but, but, you know, you're, you're up there as, as high as any of them with, uh, you know, in terms of making a case to, to be elected to the hall of fame. You know, it's, it's very exciting to, uh, to be considered for the hall of fame. And, um, you know, if you look at those players, um, you know, I've played with just about all of them on, um, you know, different teams. And, uh, you know, to finally have my numbers recognized, I know um, there's always an argument that I didn't play long enough, but um, to have a pretty good dominant resume for the 90s uh, during the steroid era was uh, um, something that I'm proud of. And, and I guess now, you know, maybe people are taking a, uh, a second look at my numbers and considering that. And, um, you know, whether I make it or not, it's just always nice. Uh, you know, to be considered, it's an honor, you know, to be able to play Major League Baseball and to play with some some great guys, some great teammates. Uh, you know, I see, you know, uh, you know, when Charlie Manning was in Cleveland, and um, you know, he had a nice managerial career, uh, you know, with the Phillies. So, you know, I'm definitely excited and honored. Albert, uh, you you mentioned the uh, the steroid era in which you played, and I've talked to you several times about this, and you you were adamant that you did not uh, use steroids, and uh, why was that? You know what? It was it was just something that I was kind of afraid of, you know, because I, I knew, um, you know, that steroids had you know different effects on you know 
different people. And I just always thought, um, you know, if you take it, you know, may have just a adverse effect on me and, uh, you know, things may, uh, not work out as, as well planned. Um, you know, it's a big chance and big risk, you know, on your body. And I just wasn't willing to, willing to take that risk. And, and I, you know, I felt real comfortable, um, you know, when I was playing, I felt real comfortable playing somewhere between like 225 pounds. And then as the, the season progressed, you know, you lost a little weight and I probably was down between like 216 and 220. And I just didn't think I wanted to, to weigh 230 or 240 or even 250 and, and try to play with all that extra weight. Well, Hoinsey, all you got to do is look back to the first game of the ALDS in 95. Albert showed you why he didn't need to use the steroids. That was a, he, he flexed on the Red Sox after he hit that home run. That, that, that was all you needed, right, Albert? Yeah, you know what? It was, uh, you know, that was a great moment. You know, the adrenaline was going, and, you know, I had a chance to, uh, you know, to impact the game, and, um, you know, the pitcher made a mistake. And I always considered myself a, a, a great mistake hitter, and, uh, you know, put a good, put a good swing on it, and and um, you know, got a chance to you know to help our team win and and uh, you know get to the World Series. But uh, you know, I really took pride in uh, you know taking care of myself. Um, you know, you can ask you know any of the trainers, uh, you can ask any of the strength coaches from you know the three different teams how um, I worked out. Um, you know, I was pretty regimented on my diet and. Uh, you know, I wish I was still regiment on that same diet today. <laughs> you and we, me both. <laughs> we, we all wish we looked yeah. like we did in 95. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's it. Al, Albert, when you look at your, uh, you know, when they talk about Hall of Fame, you know, Hall of Fame players, they usually, you know, kind of zero in, voters zero in on a seven or, you know, five to seven to nine-year period where they, they were kind of a dominant player. Do you feel you fit into that? Like maybe from, you know, I'm looking at your stats right now, maybe from 92 or 93 all the way through your first year in Baltimore? Yeah, you know what? I, I you know, I feel like I had a pretty, pretty dominant stretch. Um, you know, I would have liked to have had, um, you know, a longer dominant stretch, but, uh, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out. Um, but I, you know, did, you know, uh, put up some pretty big numbers. And you have to remember now, uh, I was facing a lot of pitchers and a lot of players who were using steroids. So, um, you know, you look at some of the big names where, you know, some of the guys have admitted they using steroids. They were, they were dominant pitchers and, um, you know, had success off of them and, you know, played against dominant players and had success against their team. So um, maybe that's a factor that, that needs to be taken uh, into, into consideration, but, you know, there's there's always going to be an argument, you know, this time of the year for, you know, the different players, and um, that's just the way it is. So I, I felt like I, you know, was pretty dominant um, for a nice, you know, a nice stretch considered uh, playing against guys that were, you know, using PEDs. Kenny Lofton always says he kind of got lost, lost in the shuffle of the, you know, the PED era. But I never pictured you as being lost in the shuffle. You you always kind of, uh, you stood out. I mean, whether guys were cheating or not, I mean, 
you know, you were kind of the, the face of the Indians, those great Indians teams, you know, starting in 95 and, and uh, you know, I mean, 90, 94, you could see it coming when the strike hit. And then, you know, 95, the World Series, you know, uh, and uh, it just seemed like, you, you know, the, the team kind of revolved around you. Was there something, what, where did you get that confidence from? Or, or it just seemed like you were such... On the field, you were such an intimidating, uh, an intimidating hitter. It seemed like to me. I, I've been, uh, you know, I've been a confident um, baseball player since I was even, uh, you know, playing little league back, you know, here in, uh, you know, Shreveport, Louisiana, and I just, uh, you know, played on a couple of little league teams where we dominated and we went undefeated. And um, you know, as you move up to Pony League, we were pretty dominant, and then. Uh, you know, as the talent got better in, in high school in American Legion ball, uh, you know, the, the talent got better. So I had to, you know, to work harder and, and improve my skills and, and, you know, continue to improve. I was, I was never satisfied with just kind of resting on my laws and I always wanted to work hard and get better. And, and, uh, you know, even when we went to, uh, you know, LSU, you know, uh, you know, to be able to, uh, get with the program that had been, you know, a bad baseball program for a while to be able to get there and like turn it around and, you know, go to, we didn't win the college world series, but we went to the college world series to kind of set up uh, the dominant nineties team, you know, that won five, um, you know, world series uh, during that time, but to, to be the starting point, uh, you know, for these powerhouse teams, you know, I, I take great pride and, uh, you know, just working hard and, uh, you know, and I was, uh, fortunate enough that to be able to play with some, some guys, you know, where we could communicate and we could always figure out, you know, how can we make ourselves better? How can we make our teams better? You know, how we could push ourselves and, and get to the next level. Albert, uh, you know, a lot is made today about the, the analytics and the, the, the approach that, that the teams are taking to, uh, not just pitching, but but hitting as well. Where you know you were a guy who who really studied pitchers and and studied at bats and and went back and and kept track of of what you did against certain pitchers. You know where would you fit in? Uh, you know in in today's game uh, with this this sort this sort of analytics approach. And you know you've got guys who are striking out uh, you know 150 times a year, but hitting you know 30, 40 home runs. Would you would you fall uh, you know be, between the the guys who who adhere to the the analytics, or would you would you be you know the the home run or nothing guy? Um, to to uh, I would consider myself to be the the same. I would have the same approach. Uh, I'm not sure where exactly it started happening that people considered uh, a walk just as important as a base hit. Um, base hits, um, you know, when you look at uh, you know, guys, when you consider for the Hall of Fame, you know, Adrian Belcher, 3,000 hits, Albert Pujols, 3,000 hits. Um, nobody's ever been considered was like, oh, well, this guy got 3,000 walks. Let's get him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so it's always been about hits. And as a hitter, that should be the most important aspect. And I'm not sure exactly why players don't want to try to hit 300 and get base hits because. Um, you know, if you look at uh, the Boston Red Sox, um, you know, yes, their strikeouts were up, but they mainly put the ball in play. You have to 
put the bat on the ball and you have to put pressure on opposing defense to make plays and you have to put pressure on opposing pitchers. So for some way or some time, baseball let the, I call them the saber idiots. They let these guys come into the game and they just throw out information. And I think a lot of times it's like too much information and some of these players don't know how to process it. Um, There was, things that I did where I just kind of tried to simplify everything because I didn't want to be fed like too much information because then that creates chaos. But uh, my main goal was to get base hits. Uh, And because I was, you know, bigger and stronger, you know, the ball's going to, you know, go out the park, you know, 30, 40 times a year. So, um, but, you know, when you look at my stats, um, the season that I was most proud of was 1998 when I got 200 hits. And if you look at baseball this year, nobody got 200 hits. Mm-hmm. Um, Along with 49 you know, home the, runs and 152 RBIs. <laughs> That's yeah, a hell of a so, season, you know, Albert. It, it was kind of like the, the motto that the, you know, the Red Sox took was like to do damage. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get base hits, 200 hits, you know, you're going to hit a lot of homers, you're going to drive in a lot of runs. Um, you know, we didn't win as many games we like, but, um, you know, to be able to go out there and do damage, uh, you know, that was the main goal. And, you know, I feel, uh, obviously had I, you know, got a chance to get, you know, the, the full season in 95, you know, that's an extra 18 games. I would have gotten the 200 hits then and, and done a lot more damage. So, uh, I think baseball is eventually going to come back full circle to that and kind of weed all this information out of the game because it's just it's just killing the game because um, if you look at you know in the mid 90s I think an American League game averaged about two hours and 50 minutes and I think a National League game averaged like two hours and 40 to two hours and 45 minutes and now why is the game longer when everybody's striking out more uh, you would think the game would be sped up but uh, it's gonna it's gonna come full circle back to uh, they're going to get rid of all these saber idiots and 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 go back to hiring, you know, guys who who you know been a part of the game that understand the game and realize that um, that um, you know a base hit is is very important and also uh, you know wins you know for the team and also for the for the individual pitchers. Well, for for somebody who was growing up watching, uh, you know, back in those '90s teams. Uh, I would, I would have loved to have seen you guys play with the StatCast uh, machines at least to, to measure how far those home runs went when you hit them or, uh, you know, the, the exit velocity. Exit I, I would have loved to have seen Albert Bell's exit velocity on a, on a baseball. That, that, that would have been exciting. Albert, well, you, know, you know, the funny thing about that is, like, I would have never had anybody come up to me and tell me about exit velocity because I'm like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, whether, whether, whether the home run went in a – front row or whether it went at the back of the stadium, uh, whether it went to right field, left field, it doesn't matter about the exit velocity. A home run's a home run, like, uh, and that's just the way I feel. It's just, um, you know, you put a good swing on the ball with a little, you know, upward arch and, uh, you know, the ball got out of the stands. And, um, but the, the most important thing is what did that home run do? Did that help tie up the game in the late innings or was it a game winner or, uh, you know, was there multiple runners on base to, you know, to come from behind to win? So, uh, this, this, you know, that eight velocity, yes, it's like a nice little exciting stat, but 
Um, I'd rather be focused on what the home run did. You know, Albert, when talking to a Jim Tomey, um, he said those teams that, that he played on with you, you know, and Manny Ramirez and all those guys, Bayerga and Lofton, uh, he said that there were times when he would walk on the field before games and they would, and you guys would know that you, the other team was already beat just because of, you know, the talent you had and, and how aggressive you guys were offensively. Did you feel that, that way? Yeah, we were, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, when you go look back at us, you know, like 91, 92, 93, um, you know, we had, we played on some bad teams and we took our share of the lumps and we always said that, okay, you know what, we're going to, we're going to get our revenge Mm. at some point. You know, we're going to remember all these bad games we played against these bad, you know, these better teams that whooped up on us and we're going to turn around and we're going to whoop up on them. And, you know, that's what happened, you know, 94, 95, 96. It's like, oh, okay, now it's time for us to, to you know, it's time for payback. And, uh, you know, after a while, these other teams knew. It was like, oh, okay, you know, you know we're going to try our best, but, you know, we're just going to, you know, they're just going to outplay us. And, and that's what we did. And, you know, we had a nice group of young players mixed in with some nice veterans who, who kind of uh, helped us take our game to the next level with a lot of, you know, experience that they had, you know, 10, 15, you know, 20 years, you know, playing the game. So that was really helpful for us. And, you know, we were just a team that we just always rooted for everybody. You know, there was no haters on the team. Uh, we didn't care who was the hero. Uh, we, we just wanted to stay focused. We wanted to be aggressive on the bases. We wanted to put the ball in play. And we wanted to, uh, the pitchers wanted to work fast. And, uh, you know, let the hitter, you know, let the opposing hitters either strike out or put the ball in play, work fast, and, uh, you know, get us back into the dugout so we can hit more. What was the team that you particularly took uh, pleasure in? It, was there anyone that, on that sort of revenge tour thing uh, after, after coming up through the, the early 90s and saying, you know, when we get good, we're going to get back at these guys? Was there anybody you took uh, a particular pleasure in, uh, in beating up on? Um, it was it was just it was pretty much everybody you know everybody we played like you know I didn't you know you know discriminate you know there was you know at some point when you lose a hundred games I mean just about everybody's whooping up on you so uh, it was just a you know an opportunity to say hey you know what well, we're just gonna dish out you know butt kickings to everybody we're not gonna discriminate we're just gonna beat whoever is in the way uh, you know and most of the time you know we did that. You know, obviously, um, you know, we were pretty dominant at home. And, um, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, to even, uh, you know, play pretty good on the road. Albert, when you kind of measure your stats against these guys that uh, are, are on the ballot with you right now that's going to be decided Sunday, uh, who, who, what do you remember about a guy like Carter or Joe Carter? I think maybe you played with him early in your career in Cleveland. Yeah, he was he was there in '89 and '90. Um, you know, I, when I got called up in '89, and I remember you know getting called up from Double A, and everybody was kind of like, "Uh oh, like, wow, they're calling up players from Double A." Okay, so we better start like picking up the pace. And and I just remember like Joe Carter got hot, and uh, you know the second half, like he you know he got hot. I think he hit like. 21 homers in the second half and he, he got to 100 RBIs and 
uh, you know, he kind of carried the team and, and, you know, everybody kind of picked up the pace and, um, you know, he kind of was like the, you know, the rah-rah guy, Hey, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's pick it up. And, uh, we, you know, we actually played some pretty good baseball and, and, uh, at the end of 99, but he was always, uh, you know, a great leader, you know, as a young player, you know, I always, I had like thousands of questions I would ask him and, and, you know, he was always, you know, he always answered them and stuff. And, um, you know, he just knew it was a matter of time before he was going to get, get traded to another team, but, you know, he would have liked to have, you know, stayed in Cleveland and play his career there, but that didn't work out. What, what about Hershiser? You know what I I, I like uh, I kind of categorize him with you know with the Dennis Martinez where you know they're um, they're guys who you know like they knew it was like oh okay like you know I can kind of relax because I know the team's going to score like four or five or six runs so you know let me you know they can afford to pitch and be really aggressive because they know it's like oh, okay. Uh, I don't have to fine tune everything. I can be more aggressive and you know and and pitch to my strength. And that's what those two guys did. And um, you know we used to tease you know Oral and call him uh, Tommy Lasorda Jr. And uh, <laughs> you know so that was his nickname. But uh, you know I like the fact that you know I I like anybody who who runs out there every day. You know those those guys wanted the ball. You know the fifth. You know the fifth day and. Uh, you know, they gave it all they had, you know, obviously, um, they, you know, they weren't in the prime of their career, but, you know, I saw those guys working hard. They were working hard, just as hard as we were uh, and, they, and they keep their, uh, you know, pitch, pitch selection pretty sharp. And, um, you know, it was a nice little run for us. I just wish that, you know, we could have done it for a little longer. Yeah. Uh, Albert, uh, you know, you follow the Indians, uh, the current club, or are you watching? And, and who, who on the club right now uh, impresses you with, uh, you know, not just the way that they, they play the game, but also, you know, how they carry themselves on and off the field? You know what? I, I like, uh, you know, uh, you know, I still like um, Brantley. I was glad to see him, you know, bounce back and come back and play. Uh, it was, it was kind of a year where it was a little different than 2000, you know, the 2016 season was just kind of magical. And this one, it was just kind of like, just kind of like sputtered kind of the whole season. Uh, couldn't quite get the, the bullpen organized. And, and, I, and I think a big factor was that, that they didn't want to re-sign Brian Shaw, um, who ate up a lot of innings in the bullpen and, you know, who was getting, I, I think he was getting like 80 appearances a year. Yeah, something like and that. And they just kind of, it just kind of threw the bullpen out of whack and they just couldn't find the right solution. And then, um, you know, eventually it cost them playoffs. And, uh, but that started, you know, that starting pitching staff and that lineup, you know, was pretty good. It's just, they just couldn't put it all together to, to, uh, to go all the way. What, uh, I know you came up, Charlie Manuel, I think managed you in the minors. And then uh, was your hitting coach in in when in Cleveland? Uh, he told me a story that you were hitting. Uh, you he was uh, he was throwing you BP, and you hit one back through the screen, and it grazed his head, and <laughs> he and he was bleeding or something. And you said, "Hey, you want a minute?" He goes, "No, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's keep." Uh, and he kept throwing you BP. Is that is that? Do I have that right? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, Charlie was, uh, you know, we, we uh, you know, the, the thing about those nets, I mean, they were kind of like double, they were kind of like double-sided, so you didn't think anything would, would get through that. But, you know, the, the way the team, we, we took so much batting practice and we just kind of wore those nets out. And, I mean, we were, we were just focused on hitting line drives and, and one of them kind of caught him by surprise and it, and it squeaked through there. And, 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 and fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, it just grazed him. Um, because, um, I mean, it was, it was a missile and, um, you know, but that's how Charlie was. He was like, no, I'm okay. You know, he's, he's been, you know, dinged up a few times for some, for some, you know, baseballs that hit him, but, you know, he just kind of sucked it up and, and kept going. So, uh, you know, that was the great thing about Charlie Manuel. I mean, um, you know, he never got tired. He never, he always wanted to see us hit. And, uh, you know, he used to always, uh, tell us that, you know, he was the biggest front runner. So whoever was hot, that's who he was rooting for. He, you know, uh, you know, he was running, he was the biggest front runner of us all. So he wanted to know who was going to be the, you know, the hottest guy, you know, that day. And, uh, you know, he pushed us and, you know, we worked on hitting and, uh, you know, he put in just, just thousands of hours and, uh, put in a lot of time. And, you know, I tip my hat off to Charlie and, uh, you know, to see him, you know, get a chance to manage and, and win a World Series. So I, I, I was happy for him. With, um, you know, Albert, do you think, you know, you, you have not always had the best uh, relationship with guys like me and Joe, and do you think that... <laughs> he, he, means, he means the media, not just us <laughs> yeah, personally. <laughs> but do you think that hurt you the first time around on the BBWA ballot? I mean, you were only on, I think, maybe one or two years. Probably, um, but it it was just it was the the way it you know it was kind of like you know it's Albert's world and Albert's gonna do the things he needs to do uh, to be successful. Um, you know, I had a lot of information, a lot of secrets that I wanted to keep secret about being successful, and I didn't want to reveal that. Um, you know, some of you guys uh, you know know about you know now about the index cards and stuff, but. It was just it was just so much information I just wanted to keep private and, and didn't want it to get out and uh, you know to uh, to give away the secrets to my success and you know I should have been a little bit more accessible accessible to the media like after the games but um, I, I just wasn't I was I was just kind of in my own little world and kind of did my own thing and um, you know it may have you know. It may be penalizing me still to this day, but uh, you know that's just yeah. you know something that I should have should have worked on, and and uh, you know it may maybe it is you know it is going to cost me, but um, you know I'm proud of the fact that you know I kind of did things my way. Um, you know I was hope I wanted to play baseball till I was age forty. You know unfortunately that didn't. Um, work out but uh to be able to play major league baseball is a dream come true um you know i got a chance to see people around the country i mean i haven't seen in years you know whether it was family you know friends from high school college you know little league um so it was it was it was fun um you know i got a chance to do a lot of community work uh in the cleveland area and you know living there i got a chance to do a lot of things and uh, you know, the Shreveport community, the Baltimore community, Chicago community. 
So um, it was a lot of things that, you know, I have to be proud of. Uh, you know, looking back on it, you know, I probably should have been a little bit um, um, more accessible, you know, to the media as far as, um, you know, doing things, um, you know, in the public and in the community. But, um, you know, there's still time. I can always make up, make it up. Uh, Albert, uh, you know, other players have, have left in free agency, have left Cleveland. Uh, Jim Tomey left in free agency. Uh, you know, there's about to be a mass exodus of players from the Indians leaving in, in free agency. And the way that the fans react to them, uh, you know, I think sort of depends on how much they were beloved and how, how meaningful they were to the team. So, so the reaction that the fans had when you first came back uh, after leaving in free agency, uh, did that does that play any sort of a part or any bearing on, uh, you know, your decisions to, to not uh, attend Hall of Fame, Indians Hall of Fame inductions or uh, the reunion from the, from the, the 1995 team? Uh, because, you know, those are things that are always brought up, but, you know, we'd like to hear from, from you what, what your position on that is. Did, did the fans' reaction and the scorn that was so palpable at that time, you know, 20-some 20, 20 years ago, uh, did that play any any part in those decisions? Um, the the main thing that played the decision is I'm mad at Bobby DiBiazio because he did not give me a video tribute that I that I wanted. I, you know, I saw when LeBron came back to Cleveland, <laughs> they gave him a video tribute, and I was like, you know what, Bobby DiBiazio should have given me a video tribute. So I'm still mad at him about that. <laughs> um, but you know, it you know it I can understand. Um, you know, the, the fans, you know, reacting, uh, being upset. Um, you know, I, I never thought in a million years I, I, I thought I was going to be playing my whole career in Cleveland. And, um, you know, it didn't work out that way. But um, I was surprised, um, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the reception I got. But, um, you know, it was just, that's just the way they felt. Um but the fans, the fans shouldn't have been mad at me because, uh, you know, the Indians had a golden opportunity um, starting from spring training through the end of the year to get a deal done. And, um, you know, they, they, could have, they could have done the deal, um, but they didn't do it. So, um, you know, I ended up looking like the bad guy leaving. Um, but I just kind of exercised my market value and, and left and, and I think that's what a lot of the, the players are going to do. Um, you know, you see the Indians are basically trying to, you know, trim payroll. And um, I think they may be surprised. They think they still have a cakewalk, you know, in the division. But um, they may be surprised next year. You know, maybe some of these other teams may surprisingly start winning. But uh, it's unfortunate that um, they're not going all out. Uh, to win a World Series, to win a baseball championship. Um, but, you know, Dolan is the owner. That's the way he wants to do things. Unfortunately, it's kissing a lot of fans off. Um, and, you know, to, to, to kind of um, simulate that is, you know, I'm a, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, and we probably will never win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. <laughs> hey, they've been to four of them. You know, <laughs> What's that? They've been to four of them. They just can't win one, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, you know, I'm, I just want, I just want them to go to a Super Bowl so I can go. You know, but um, at least I know the owner is like spending money and trying to bring in players to win, and that's all I can ask for as a fan. Um, you know, we thought Kirk Cousins was a better option. You know, we never know, um, but at least I know the owner's trying to win, and um, and I, I know for the Cleveland Indian fans, I wish. Um, they felt the same way about Dolan. Well, what do you think of that uh, that stadium up there, U.S. Bank Stadium? Have you seen that uh, the the place that the, the Vikings play? It's gorgeous. Yeah, that that's a um, that's a pretty sweet stadium. But I noticed because they play on that turf, there's like always like during the game, there's always like six or eight guys that get caught up on that turf and they end up limping off the field. And and I would just say. How do these guys in the in the pro football play on turf? I mean, that has to hurt. Well, that was, I mean, it was even, different. Even playing on grass, it was a different kind of turf back back when you played. You know, the turf was more like a like a like a carpet. This is this is actually like simulated grass that they play on now. At the, you know, could you imagine chasing after after balls in the gap with uh, you know with those little pellets of rubber flying up in your face? Yeah, I, I could. I mean. I'd, I'd take the old school turf. At least, at least you know the ball was going to scoot through the infield a lot faster. So that was one good thing about playing on turf is um, the ball does get get through the uh, infield and outfield a lot faster. Yeah, well, and, and you dive on it, and you need a skin graft afterwards. <laughs> Albert, how, yeah. how how's your how are your hips? How are you getting around? I know you've had one maybe partial replacement. That's that that was the I've injury had... that kind of ended your career, right? Yeah, in in 2007, I had it's uh it was called a hip resurfacing. Um, in 2012, I did the left hip, so it's not a full replacement. Uh, now that the winter time is coming, obviously, um, or maybe I'm getting old. It's just that the cold weather just kind of affects you a lot more. It's just you know harder to move around. But um, in the in the springtime, you know, I'm I'm in you know, bouncing off the walls and exercising and running around and outdoors. And um, I did do the um, the Pat Tillman run slash walk. So I, that was like 4.2 miles. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so I competed in that. So I was I was proud to, to do that because, um, you know, I really had – it took me about two months to get in shape um, to, to walk that – well, to walk fast that far. So um, – you know, it kind of brought out the competitive juices because um, I was in like one of the last, they call them um, corrals. So I was like in the last corral and I was with some friends. And then there is a corral in front of me because you, you basically kind of sign up by the time you think you're going to finish the race. Mm-hmm. So so two corrals in front of me were like these four ladies in tutus. <laughs> and, and, and I told those people, I said, my goal is I am not going to let those four ladies beat me today. I said, if I have to, like, knock them off the road, I'm going to beat them. I say, that's my goal for today. <laughs> yeah, so. Did you, you know, you, you just, you know, yeah, I, I ended up catching them and, like, because they left, because you leave your corral, like, every, I think it's, like, every minute or every two minutes. So I, I caught them at, like, within the first mile. Because I'm like, I'm not going to let them beat me today. That's for sure. That's that's my goal. 
Albert, do you still? Um, I know you've come back to Cleveland. You know, not, and I think you've done some of the guest things with the Indians. Uh, been an Indians ambassador, or, or am I wrong there? But I, I, but, I did, I did it a while. I did it a while ago, and. Um, you know, DiBiazio contacts me, uh, you know, a few times to come back, but we just haven't kind of reached an agreement on things. But what, what's um, been the reaction of people when you come back? I, I would imagine it's 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 got to be positive because you you played so well here. I mean, is that is that what you you've encountered when you do come back? Yeah, you know what? I I think they're kind of surprised to see me because they're like, oh. <laughs> Are, are you Alvin? I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like, you know, they want to, you know, they're not expecting to see me, but, um, you know, I kind of sneak in and out of town and, uh, you know, there's a couple golf courses I, I wanted to play. I finally got a chance to play them. So I'll, I'll sneak in town and, and, and play. So, um, but, um, one of these days we'll, um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, you should, the next Hall of Fame, you know, the Indians Hall of Fame, when they have an induction, I think it'd be great if you came back. I think the fans would love it. I really do. It, it would. Uh, I think it would surprise you. Okay. Well, you, you know what? You guys got to pressure DiBiazio because I still want that video tribute. <laughs> oh, they will. They, you, have you seen? Have you seen the scoreboard that they have now? They will give you a video tribute like you can't believe on that screen. That's <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Think, yeah, that'd be great if you did. Okay. It'd be, right. Hey, Albert, it's been great talking to you. And listen, uh, good luck Sunday. You know, I uh, I think you, um, I think uh, you, you know when you look at that ballot, I think uh, you have great credentials. I think you've got a chance. It is. I think it is a difficult thing, but but you know, Trammell and, and uh, uh, Morris got in last year on another kind of offshoot of the uh, Veterans Committee. So there's always yeah. hope. And uh, hey, have a good Christmas. Good holidays. I hope your family well. Can I can I bring up can I bring up one more point? Absolutely. Okay, so um, I just want to bring this up. You know, when you when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, um, I think this is the time where we need to um, induct Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's served his punishment enough. I think you know Rob Manfred needs to take the bull by the horns. We need to go ahead and forgive this guy. And, you know, because when you look at his stats, I mean, over 4,000 hits, uh, the things he's done for the game of baseball before, you know, the, the bad stuff happened, I think we need to forgive him. Um, and and as a fellow baseball player, uh, I, I wish all the, you know, the other players and all the Hall of Fame players kind of rally around this situation and get him. Just tell him, you know what, you can't manage, you can't even coach like a little league team. Just go into the Hall of Fame, be a fan, eat, you know, sit in the stands, get you a beer and a hot dog and enjoy baseball. But this guy should definitely uh, be in the Hall of Fame on the next on the next uh, the next year. Do, do you think that there's uh, there's a groundswell or a support out there for uh, Pete Rose in, in some capacity? It, it should be. Um, I mean, you know, he's 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 served his time. He's been punished long enough. Um, and I think, you know, some of the current players now with social media, um, they can even be involved, um, you know, for some of those kids who like the history of the game. Um, 
you know, we can we can be mad at him for whatever reason. We've been mad at him long enough. It's time to forgive him. You know, let him in the Hall of Fame. Let him enjoy this because I don't I don't want to wait until Pete Rose is passing, going away, and he gets in that way. Go ahead and let him get him in now, um, and just let him enjoy you know the Hall of Fame because he deserves it, man. That's that's a long time to play and get four thousand plus hits. That's a I mean, that's like every kid's dream is to, to, to play that long and to get that many hits. So that's, I think it's time for about, us to acknowledge him. It's a long, it's a high mountain. And I, don't, I, I can't see it happening, but, I, you know, I, I respect your point of view, but I, I, I don't see it happening. I, hey, I really don't. Hoinsie, baseball loves a great comeback story. Come on, yeah, everybody, right. everybody deserves a second I mean, chance, Manfred, right? Manfred, you know, went through the case when he first became commissioner. You know, they, they had appealed to him. And uh, to Rose and his attorney had appealed to him to reopen the case, and he did, and and he still didn't let him in. Uh, so I think, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of people that feel like you, but I think I think it's a tough, I think it's a tough, a tall, tall task to get him in the Hall of Fame. Well, you'd have to take it out of the voters' hands to, yeah. in some way. It would have to be some sort of unilateral appointment or something like that. It would. There's no way that he. It, it's going to get you know the. The writers, at least, aren't going to going to vote. They, well, they would I, I would like to I would like to know how the 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 the, the major the Hall of Fame players how do they feel about this? You yeah, know, well, there's a, you I know, think just kind of like with the Heisman. Yeah, you know, that's a good can, question. Can I know, you know, there's some guys. I mean, Johnny Bench and and uh, and Joe Morgan, his teammates. You know, I, I you know, I, I can't speak for him, but I I I think it's I think it's a tough sell. I do, I really do, but. Who knows? Yeah. You know. Hey, well, maybe uh, maybe they'll hear this podcast, and uh, this will be the impetus to to get the players in in, in support and 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 get uh, Charlie Hustle into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Albert, it's uh, it, thank you so much uh, uh, for the time. Uh, you know, uh, you know, for going on forty minutes here of of just some great stuff from you, and uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to hear from you, and just to get an update on on what's going on with you, uh, Hoinsey. Hoinsie was in your back pocket every day for, you know, eight, nine years. And, Albert and now, wanted to kill me a couple times, I think. <laughs> but, uh, you know. No, I just, I just gave you the evil look. <laughs> that was enough, believe me. Look. That was yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. All right, Albert. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck this week. And, uh, you know, we'll hope to hear from you. Well, maybe we'll do another podcast with, uh, with the newly elected Hall of Famer next week. Good luck, Albert. Okay. Uh, you, you guys have a good holiday. Same with you.